<laughs> oh no. Yeah. I know why that cage bird sing. Yeah, uh, for the dingaling. Dingaling. <laughs> Welcome to episode three of the Slippery Slope Show. That was good, man. Thank you. I, I've been practicing. You didn't even say our names, though, man. What's going on? Welcome to episode three of the Slippery Slope Show with Tali and Gang. Osagi. Gang. Yeah. We're, a whole we're just, just going to cut the, the first time when the I made the mistake. That, that's Because I did give you a little break after that. You're good. Yeah, we can cut yeah. that. Let's cut it. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so what's going on, man? What's going on? Man. Today is Maya Angelou's 90th birthday, or it would have been if she wasn't dead. If she, if, if, yeah, but Maya Angelou is like very inspirational, and I had to take the time out today, and I know you took some time I out too. I took some time out. I took some time out. You put it in my ear. I saw it. I, uh, you know, I saw, you said something to me about it first, and I was like, man, that's perfect especially with the the prior knowledge you know that we had of it and uh the times that we're in right now living in oakland california yeah this is like very very relevant to uh uh to the times and just the climate of just this area right now you know what i mean like um you know knowing the the origin of where we're headed you know with our um I don't know, I guess as a whole, our society and, you know, um, yeah, just the social climate. But yeah, go ahead, man. I'll let you take the lead on this one since, you know, you're a bit more uh, versed. Yeah. yeah. So Maya Angelou is uh, obviously, I would hope to everyone, a poet, an <laughs> yeah. author. Yeah. She's, but she's many, many more things than just that. And she went by the people's poet, but she was fully here for the culture in many, many other ways. Maya Angelou, she's from the South, but she spent a lot of time growing up in the Bay Area. She moved to Oakland at 14 and in San Francisco, by the time she was 17, she was the first female black conductor for the streetcars. Fully mobbing in the town. Yeah. On a, on a little trolley things fully mobbing and so yeah that's that's like Manny she had her son right after that right after exactly right after, that's, like she, that's what I was gonna say like I you know sometimes that puts the mob in you a little bit you know what I mean like she seemed to me well you know she got a lot of experience really early you know what I mean yeah so she was able to just you know get after it and and that you know also led into her work but yeah my bad go ahead yeah it's like honestly when, when you say she'd had a lot of experience early that that is important because she did have a lot of negative experiences early. Definitely. It's like she was sexually assaulted by her mother's boyfriend at the age of eight. And then she was further traumatized because she had told her brother and he told the rest of the family. And the guy ended up going to trial for it, got you know arrested, put in jail, but only for a day. And then so after he got out of jail, he was found murdered days later. And so my aunt Mob was, shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's like, Oh yeah, they handled this one. Yeah. They didn't leave her smoking like Tyler Perry. <laughs> you know, Tyler <laughs> This isn't funny. We're not laughing at Tyler Perry. We're laughing at the juxtaposition of the situation. Yes. Yes. Or something yes. fancy like that. That means we're not bad people. Yeah. 
and that means we have some sort of media training yes this is gonna go out yes exactly (laughs) that's called doubling back there you go (laughs) so Maya Angelou at that point had thought that words could kill people because she said this man's name and then he's dead so soon afterwards as a direct result and honestly I agree with that sentiment words can kill people but for her she became mute she stopped talking for like six seven years and a lady and eventually ended up helping her read i mean talk again and also gave her like tons of materials to read authors to study etc and so she just started getting versed into that because she was in such an insular introverted point in her life yeah but also think about the times though she was in a time where you know um black people um and then you know even more so, you know, besides African-American people, it was women, you know, because yeah. women rights, you know, they didn't have white rights, you know, yeah. less than, you know, even, you know, like a, a black man, you know, women weren't able to vote until, um, what was it, uh, Susan B. Anthony? I yeah, Susan B. Anthony, the suffrage movement. Yeah. Definitely, if Maya Angelou was born in like 28 she probably wasn't born in a time when women could vote. Definitely. No, that, that's my point. That's my point. I'm saying she not was like- Not 100% sure, but way, probably I feel, not. I feel like she was like way before. Yeah, even if women could vote, they definitely didn't have any positions of power. Yeah. Talk about a, 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 a woman of uh, a woman of color. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and, you know, so for her, you know, she probably felt, you know, super marginalized the fact that she had all of this stuff you know, this, this stuff in her head that, you know, as an author, you want to put out, you know, but, but, you know, I think, I think that's one of the major reasons why she put out so much in her autobiographies and was probably pressed into doing that was because she'd had so many experiences. And I know one of the things that she believed like a tenant that she had was that so many children grow up being told by their elders that, oh no, I've never done a bad thing. You know, I'm perfect, never made any mistakes. And so when the kids find themselves in situations where they do things that are imperfect, imperfect, they feel like they're horrible people because it's like, my father told me not my to steal forefathers were and perfect. he never steals and my mother says you know you got to save yourself for marriage and obviously she did that she wore the white dress and he just you know they're all perfect they never done anything and here i am trying to tell a girl to go to planned parenthood yep yeah. i'm a horrible guy it's here like I, here i am at the disco yeah it's like your dad you took know, I'm, so I'm, many of your siblings to planned parenthood before you were born and maybe some after you don't know but he didn't tell you, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's punch like, that. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's what Maya Angelou said. That's why she told her autobiographies the way she did was because she wanted people to understand that even though she's in this position, she is in now where she's revered. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be honest. It's like, she told stories of being a hoe. She told stories of being a pimp. She told stories of being many things. It's like she was a fry cook in a restaurant. It's not like exactly. she's just always she been a regal everything. lady. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, you know that uh, that rebel that was in her, or that rebel that she uh, that she displayed, I guess you know through through her writings and and through her you know day to day life. You know, she worked at that uh, that uh, club in San Francisco. Mm. The club in San Francisco yeah, was called the Purple Purple Onion. You know what a purple onion is. You know what that purple onion is. That's soaking good. It's soaking good. Today. It's soaking good. 
That's the that purple, purple onion. onion. You know, you just want to slice that onion and make it cry. That is <laughs> that is my. That is a very Zeke name for a club, dog. Yeah. And to uh, it's, she was the main performer at this club, right? She was, exactly. You know, I saw a clip of her doing. Yeah, my Angela was going crazy. Yeah, you know, she, she was going she was, crazy. She was trying to be a little piece. You know, she, you know, she wasn't like, trying to be a little piece. She was going. You well, know, what I mean? know, her voice still sound like old Maya Angelou to me. <laughs> so, so it kind of <laughs> threw me off. <laughs> I'm like, man, she got the body hey, of you. me, but uh, she sound like Granny. So like, you stop sounding like Granny, sexy woman. I ain't come here for all that. You just gonna have to keep quiet. Oh my god! And then she's just gonna sing like a little caged bird. <laughs> so like, oh no! Yeah, I I know why that caged bird sing. Yeah, for the dingaling. <laughs> Or uh, R.I.P. Maya Angelou. No offense. Uh, no, I super respect no offense, you. No offense. Yes. I super respect. This is this theory. is this is all homage right here. This yeah. is full. You know she probably here for this. Yeah, nah. You know exactly. She, that's you what know, I'm saying. She might have gave me a scholarship if she was the, still around. But that's the point. We're, we're, we have to dust off that thing <laughs> <laughs> and fully tap in. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm I'm the poet laureate now. Yeah. I saw a picture of Barack putting something on. I was like, Barack trying to tap into the powers, man. Yeah, he's Think trying to get some it. isms. She, she, she was around. She was around with MLK. Oh yeah, and Malcolm X. Oh, and today yeah. is uh, what is today's it? MLK's fiftieth uh, anniversary 50th, of his assassination. Yeah, yep. she'd actually been asked by him months prior to his assassination to help him with another march which she kind of flaked on that postponed it a little bit did she and then, and then he died on her and birthday he died on her birthday okay. she got she got super depressed from that and she'd kind of just recently gotten over the depression from malcolm x getting assassinated after they were she was, it in she ghana. was a part exactly i was yeah. gonna say she went to ghana with, uh, with malcolm x yeah um you know um yeah it's, that that that's that's kind of worrisome a little bit yeah but uh yeah yeah she might she might have some some voodoo thing going on right there (laughs) you know she might have had the isms in her loins you know she might have been the boing boing the isms and the schisms yeah sorry sorry coretta but the king had a dream turned to a nightmare when she got rare (laughs) am i telling you am i telling it right (laughs) oh man but but it's like she she was just so so like deeply a part of a lot of things that were going on in the culture, in activism, in trying to make the world a better place. But but just think about it. Segway into, you know, <clears throat> like we we're saying, you know, working at the you know the Purple Onion, you know, yeah. being a former prostitute. The Purple Onion. That's that's also the title of today's episode. The Purple Onion. Damn, that's how we gonna do this one. <laughs> that's how we gonna do it. <laughs> we gonna do this for the Purple Onion. That is so Zeke. The Purple, because it's like, why aren't even regular onions called you know, Purple Onions? Because you know we had Pink Diamond in San Fran- in San Francisco, but like, okay, Pink yeah. Diamond. That you know, that's cool. That's I mean, that's actually really tight. Yeah, compared it, it to is. like other, you know, yeah. Shout out Cash Out Keys, um, <laughs> but the purple onion that gets to the point bro yeah but it also gives you like a little like it's, it's like it, it lets you know these are big round black butts this is bulky black butts bruh <laughs> big big bruh you know what kind of butts those is bruh we can't say black onion yeah. it's that purple onion it's a purple onion bunion <laughs> it's for paul bunion <laughs> you know for paul revere yeah have no fear the purple <laughs> onion is here <laughs> um so um yeah but see she was dancing she was doing yeah, music yeah, she was yeah. singing she was so you know use that as a you know um well the way i'm thinking right now is like you know parallel it make it as like a parallel to the times right now 
you know what I mean? Where, you know, I mean, how would you feel if, uh, if, uh, you know, porn star came out and like started writing some dope autobiographies about life and this, this and that, you know, do you, do you think, uh, you know, how, how, how would you view that? How would you view the work? I'm fully here for that because it's not a porn star. It's a person, a Period. person who happened to do porn. And Period. they might have done other things before that. And they might do other things after that. A lot of people have stories to share. And a lot of people have so much more to contribute than being described as one word. As one word. As a monolith. That's like if you were a jock. Yeah. For example, and I was a nerd. It's That'd like be many. Somebody calls me. I'm a jock. Yeah, it's just because like, I played sports. Just because I played sports. Is that it? Is that it? Oh, is that all you did? Oh, okay. That, that, it's like you can't sum a person up in one word because it's like we always have it in our heads. It's very easy if someone asks us, "What are we?" Yeah. You just start coming with paragraphs. You're coming you, out with pages, with, novels, well, and then they ask, "Who is that person?" One word. One word. That's true. That's true. That's very true. And when they call you that thing, you know, you can get really mad about it and be like, damn, I'm not that thing, you know, and be, you know, and almost get stuck in that. But at the same time, um, those people, why, you know, the, the people that are explaining you as this one word thing, the people who can only see you, they can only see you word. as one word, right? Those people, how do you get them to, to, to buy in just like the porn star? Like, bro. You have Those, to operate. I, I watched this thing on on World Star, and it was people that were. There was like a bunch of porn stars on there, and then it was like I guess like a comment box, but they weren't like doing porn. They were in normal clothes, you know. And people were just like saying the craziest shit, you know. You ugly this, you fuck you in the this that <laughs> crazy shit. It was yeah. just many and and uh, and like and. Uh, and my, my perspective was like, how do you even know who this is? Yeah, because you watch porn. Because you, 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 you consume the art that they create and then you denigrate them then for creating it yes, for you. For you. It's like, guy, guy that, that will never be in this situation. Yeah, the, just the worst type this of person. It's your imagination. It's, like, it's because they don't even like women because they <laughs> deeply fear that women don't like them. And they're right because they're trash Cause they're trash they're trash it's like at the end of the day how don't like you see it sex past workers the, past, yeah porn stars strippers they're out here sacrificing their bodies their safety and their minds for the culture for the culture it's, it's like none of this shit that exists could exist without them music couldn't exist without them it's like an artist can't get big going on tour on the road if he doesn't have some little freak goddesses <laughs> out there you know ready to hump in every state in every state they're doing that for the culture yeah it's like they're keeping this thing rolling everything everything people <laughs> do you know what kind of i'd be wearing a burlap sack and what and 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 hitting rocks together to make money just enough money to eat you know some ramen yeah but yeah. no it's, it's more going on than that we got motivations and and women in many ways are our motivations and we can be their motivations and we can all motivate each other but some people just want to hate on everything because they don't want to let anybody be more than what they think is not good enough it's like even if a person was just a porn star, it's like that is a thing that contributes, and most people don't contribute anything. And most people you just choose consume. to consume it, or you know, not, you know. But um, you know, for you to have a have such a great a opinion, vehement opinion at that, <laughs> on something like that, it's just it 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 
it's mind blowing to me. Yeah. But, then, but also at the same time, in Maya's situation, when you when you think about her, people had that opinion on her. But it's just like like you said, shake she, it off. She, she just shook just, it. Not just shake it off, but no, she no, also not shake it off. But yeah. I'm saying she shook it off. Yeah. You oh yeah, me? because she operated at such a high level. level. Yeah. Once you get to Olympic level at anything, they forget. <laughs> All of that shit. And there is always an Olympic, Olympic level. level. Yes, very much As so. As we said, there is always an Olympic what? level. What? I was Because I was like talking to to my partner like a few weeks ago about Maya Angelou, but it came up because he was talking about like some Instagram hoes and he's just like, oh yeah, these Instagram hoes is over here doing da 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 It's like, oh yeah, she a stripper and she thinks that's something. And Maya Angelou had just come up and he was like, why couldn't she be like a wholesome, you know, you know, about a woman like Maya Angelou? And I'm like, bruh. My Angelou was a stripper. My Angelou was a hoe. Da, da, da. And he was like, what? You know, it's like, nigga, but Mind she was so much more. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you can't just say, oh, you're a stripper. Oh, you're a hoe. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Because sometimes people are more. You judge a book by its cover. You might be right. But when you're wrong, you've really missed out. <laughs> you've really fucking missed you out. You've really missed out. And and that's that's something important about that is like, there's always an Olympic level. And the minute you operate there, people will forgive everything else. But if people weren't trash, they should have damn near forgave it in the beginning because it wasn't even a problem. But he's like, yeah, there's an Olympic level to everything. There was a, a lady from the, what's it called? United States who ended up in order to get on the skiing team for the Olympics she ended up going to Hungary. Elizabeth Sweeney was her name. And she like went to Hungary and competed in a specific Olympic like uh, preliminary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The qualifying. I, I my, my little cousin did that. Shout out my little cousin. He like he was, you know, running track at Cal mm. and was like, bro, fuck this. I'm gonna go to Nigeria. Yeah. Run it. Yeah, exactly. Run it. It's like, I can get on the team I there. Can get on the team there. I will be in the Olympics. Thing. Yes, That's exactly. I will in come the Olympics. Back. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. You get go. to go to the Olympic tent. <laughs> what? Exactly. I don't know. You get to do the walk. Yeah, you, you, get, you, get, you get to test the torch. You get to get the, that year's uh, limited edition Jordan. Oh. Jordan oh. 1, Air Force 1. Oh, oh, wow. You know what I mean? That's dope. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, yeah. So she did that and she managed to like qualify all of the like, things where there were enough people who got disqualified because with skiing if you hit any of the slalom like posts you're dq'd and so yeah so she just went down hella slow and didn't hit anything so when people were dq'd if you make it to the top 30 and enough and you do it more than the other people or something you make it to the olympic team and she did it just because she found out she like looked through her bloodline to find the easiest country with a grandpa and it was hungary (laughs) and and she ran it up and it's like people were like man because they're like somebody who deserves to get to the Olympics should be there, and it's like, no, that was an Olympic level finesse. Well, yeah, and, and <laughs> no, that that was, and and you know, it's it's uh, it's stories like this, like you know, the story with the, you know, or the life of Maya Angelou, which is that you know, which we're assessing right now, that um, that you know, with me, I mean, it's not just such a a black and white thing that you could just be like, you know, everything should be. Let's not go there on this episode. <laughs> Let's hold that. Let's hold that for the next episode because uh, I'm gonna make sure I come with some uh, some some heat. Some heat. All right. Because I got to talk about that one. You know. Um, <clears throat> but but one inclusivity. Of the, inclusivity. Inclusivity. That's I'm gonna use that as a word. We're gonna bring that back on the next episode. But inclusivity. That is major, major. I yeah. think. I believe. Yeah. It is. It is. 
It's just, I think, I think the lesson for all of this though is you can do so much. You don't have to be one thing. Maya Angelou did hella and she got it popping and she had a good time. She learned hella languages, went to hella countries and played a part in all of these huge things that were happening in the world. And all you have to do to do that is to contribute because we can't just be consumers because when you're a consumer, you use up more than you put out and the world can only take so much of that. And she town business, bruh. Just really trying to claim this 14 year old. She fully town business. Like what are you, what are we talking about? People move out here. If you move out here for high school, you went out here from high school, you ran it up in the city. She made dough in the city doing it, doing her thing. You feel me? Like, yeah, she's town business. Like, you know, she probably has some little down South hustle in her here and there, but you know, I went to school in the South and I can't say they're the, the most crafty of the bunch. <laughs> like, like she must've got that from here. Got that from here, bruh. Well, she's not here to say otherwise. So, yeah, so hey, got to take the word for it. huh? Exactly. Man. And, and uh shout out James Baldwin, dog. Oh yeah. James Baldwin, big push who got her to even write her first autobiography. I believe James Baldwin, it doesn't one matter. of the driving forces at least yes 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 yeah shout out shout out james baldwin uh the quote was what was that what, what was it that was, quote we were, we were discussing it was along the lines of don't take anybody's word for anything not even mine but trust in your experience exactly and that's important because there are so many people out here who just take other people's words for everything instead of paving their own way and finding what's their truth at least or closer to a real truth because when you just take other people's experiences you might be out here thinking that pineapples on pizza ain't delicious (laughs) drops mike